0: Welcome to the Carl Reader Show. Hello and welcome to the Be Your Own Boss podcast and today I'm delighted to be joined by my colleague and very good friend Warren Shute. Now I've known Warren for a number of years and I'm sure he can introduce himself far better than I ever could However, Warren is the author of The Money Plan, which is kicking ass, quite frankly, as one of the bestsellers on Amazon. He's also a regular commentator in the press. Um, It'd be fairly safe to say that he's coming up as the new Martin Lewis. He runs his own financial advisory firm, Lexington Wealth Management. Warren, I'm sure I've missed a few bits along the way.
1: You're doing a good job there, Carl. Excellent, so
0: Warren, um, in your own words, if you can introduce yourself.
1: Hi, um, hi everyone, Uh, my name is Warren Shute. I'm a financial planner. So that basically means I help individuals manage their money better um, and make better decisions with the money they've got or in some cases the money they haven't got and they've borrowed. Um, I kind of realised about three or four years ago that a lot of people were put off by going to visit a financial planner purely because they didn't feel that they earned enough or had enough. So after I won financial planner of the year I decided to write the money plan uh, which is my book um, and takes people from where they are now to where they want to be. Um, and this is a journey that I'm going on with you know I set myself an audacious goal I set myself a goal to help 1 million people become financially free and when I talk about financially free what I really mean is free from the worries of money so you're not waking up every day thinking if oh, i gonna pay that bill I've got enough money for Johnny's birthday uh, party or going on that holiday you're in control rather than allowing money control you and um, I'm loving it, it's great.
0: fantastic. So, Warren, what we're going to do today, we're going to have a talk about um, the common traps that business owners and entrepreneurs fall into, um, what people should be looking to do before they start a business, and how people can practically manage their money whilst they're running a business. Because you know, you're absolutely right, people have this perception that wealth management and financial planners are for those who've made it, Yeah. yeah. but actually. Those who need the advice the most are those who are starting out in business, those who are running a business. You know, e- even employees, relatively speaking, should find it easy because they turn up to the bank and provided they pay their bills on time, they get a loan. The self-employed struggle with that sometimes. Yeah. Um, getting a mortgage, as we know, is difficult for self-employed individuals. So yeah. in, from from your perspective, What are the biggest challenges facing entrepreneurs or potential entrepreneurs when it comes to managing their personal finances?
1: I think generally or globally, the biggest challenge is beliefs. Okay. psychology about money, whether you believe you can make it deep down, you might put this front on, um, but also financial organisation. You know, having some kind of structure or plan for your money, both personally and within the company. You know, I met with a very successful company yesterday and their company finances were impeccable. Personally, the guys were a mess. Sure. Um, so it's having some kind of plan, both personally and financially, of actually, why are you getting up in the morning? What is it you want to achieve? Where are you going towards?
0: Okay, and you know, I think that there's a very important point there that you've raised perhaps unintentionally, which is the importance of also separating out personal and business finances. Yeah. Um, having that separation, which allows you to understand whether personally you're achieving your goals and um, professionally are you achieving your goals, Um, but also making sure that the end goals are married up together.
1: Yeah, absolutely, why are we doing it? What's the purpose behind it? And quite often not, we get on this um, hamster wheel round and round of just processing our day-to-day job, going in, coming home. Um, I I talk, talk about the story when I do my presentations that you wake up in the morning, you go downstairs and get a cup of coffee, you get a new car, you go to the office, come back and put on Netflix and watch some TV. You know, you're making your Starbucks coffee the best coffee in the world, you're making your car manufacturer sell more cars, you're making your boss tick along, you're making, maybe your own company, you might be doing all right. And you're coming home making Netflix, you know, take over global entertainment domination. And really what the outcome is, that's not wrong, but really why are you doing it? Are you getting closer towards what your outcome are? instead um, setting yourself some goals and actually taking consistent action to work towards those goals so that when we look back three months from today or three years from today, it's been worthwhile.
0: OK, so well, I'm actually going to rewind a little bit and just so that we can understand a bit more about your personal journey before we get onto some of the nuts and bolts of um, how you build yourself into the next Warren Buffett. So what, what got you started in financial planning?
1: Um, what got me started in financial planning? So it's a good question. Um, I started training actually as an accountant. I started as an accountant and I found it incredibly boring. <laughs> oh, it, it, I, I can
0: tell you it, it really is. Okay.
1: Um, and I had a meeting with a financial planner and I was so inspired with the work that they did. I thought, do you know what? It's something I can do. I like helping people. Sure. I like numbers. And I kind of put the two together and I kind of got the option of running a financial planning practice and training as a financial planner. So that's really where it comes okay. from.
0: Okay. And you also like kicking butt, don't you? I do. Like you that. are a black belt.
1: I am a secondary black belt in taekwondo. Um, I was a British taekwondo champion for about four years on the trot, And um, I love martial arts. Um, and obviously I've just started training martial arts again with my 14-year-old and my 12-year-old. Fantastic. So, yes, really, really good. Cool. And I'm
0: still in taekwondo or another style? Uh, this is MMA. This is okay. martial
1: arts, yeah. So kickboxing, MMA. Um, really more for my outcome is to encourage the children to learn. Some kind of self-defense. Sure, think Taekwondo, or should I say, martial arts, is a general principle. Martial arts treats that teaches us so much in life much more than just the physical activity or or just self-defense. The discipline, the the manners, the courteous, the the structure. um, I wish they taught it in schools. It's fantastic. Uh,
0: Absolutely. And the the personal development that comes from that. You know, you're you're a massive fan of personal development, so tell us a bit more about your um, NLP training and hypnotherapy and so on. Yeah, there's so much more to this guy than just um, pounds, shillings and pence.
1: Yeah, no, sure. So um, I, I started training in financial planning in 1995, and at the same time, I picked a book off the shelf of the Waterstones bookshelf uh, for my friend's birthday actually and I looked at it and I thought you know what? I think he'll like this so when I gave it to him as a birthday present he absolutely loved it and the two of us um, actually ended up going on to this guy called Tony Robbins seminar back in 95 so I sat my first financial planning certificate in 95 I did my first Tony Robbins seminar in 95 and since then literally every year last weekend I was on a course I've done more financial training and more psychology training, so much so that I'm now an NLP trainer. Um, I teach people how to do NLP and how to help uh, use NLP skills in their own day-to-day life, but I teach it from a financial perspective. So it's really understanding the values about money and how does money affect us, because let's face it, relationships, uh, money, they're very emotional things, aren't Mm. they? Once we nail those, we can then start being more free and enjoying life because people don't want a million pound, 10 million pound, 100 million pound, they want what it will give them. They want the freedom, the choices, the options, whatever's most important to them. And NLP and the training in NLP and hypnotherapy and the other different um, studies that I've done has really helped me help my clients and when I do I do corporate trainings, it's what well. I want to do my corporate trainings, helps the individuals in the audience make massive progress in a short period of time. Okay,
0: so let me ask you a question. Um, I'm sure you'd have come across T. Harv Eker. Yeah, sure. um, Secrets of a Millionaire Mind, I think it was. Um, it, it's a great book for opening your eyes to um, the way that others might think about money and and the mindset. Now, one of, one of the things that he talks about is the financial thermostat. Okay. And his contention is that your financial level is similar to a thermostat in that once it's set at a certain point, it can get hotter, it can get colder, but it will always revert back to where that thermostat is set. Yeah. Um, first of all, how true do you feel that philosophy is? Um,
1: I believe that anyone in life can achieve whatever they want as long as they're willing to give up enough things in order to achieve it. Sure. Okay, so what he's really talking about there is your beliefs around Yes. Money. Do you really believe you can earn a million pounds in a year? or you can if you're willing to give up enough things uh, to do it.
0: And that moves me to my next question actually yeah. which is how would you you know if if that is true how would you turn that thermostat? Okay. So how would how would somebody go from um having it set at let's say 19 degrees up to 22 degrees
1: yeah okay so the best way of doing it is find external references so when you find somebody who's done something before success leaves clues so if you get a mentor or you read books and you study other people how did they do it how did they go from zero to a million quite often not it's belief systems sure hard work perspiration that's all it's down to but how you change your belief systems that's really what you ask is by getting references and getting evidence or proof externally how it might be Another thing you can do is actually mindfulness and meditations are huge things in today's market. So actually start looking and thinking, closing your eyes, and taking yourself a moment of actually believing in yourself. What would it be like if? What if? Why not? Why not me? Start questioning your own limiting beliefs. Once you start questioning your limits, be make it. You're doubting yourself that you're not able to do it. Makes you think you actually could do it. Sure. And then you can grow yourself. And. Quite often not, people might be earning, and let's use pounds, if you're earning 100 pounds, you want to earn 500 pounds, that might be a big jump for you. It could be 100,000, it could be 500,000 you want to earn. That's a big jump for you. Travelling that void, that gap there, can be very, very um, challenging. So why don't you start by saying, well, okay, what if I decided to earn 200,000 and double your income, and start moving up that way? Once success builds confidence, and once you get on a roll, people use the term, I'm on a roll, once you're on a roll, it allows you to build momentum and speed up your progress.
0: Fantastic, so I'm gonna ask a personal question now, Warren. Um, In your own life, and your own experiences, what instances have you had where you've had to do this for yourself, You know where you've had to oh, give yourself a kick so, up the backside and, oh, so and up many, your game?
1: So many, so many. So obviously financial, okay? So taking myself from being a financial advisor, seeing people. So when I first started out, I used to go into people's homes, see people at any time of the day or night. So not so much today, but back in 95, 96, a financial advisor having an office asking your clients to come in to see you during office hours was fairly unheard of. You know, most financial advisors would go out seven o'clock at night, see you after Coronation Street. You might have just put your plate down and then okay. recommend a pension. So having the belief system to say that you are good enough to allow people to come into you. Sure, um, but also everything from um, weight loss. You know, mm. if you look at, if you look at your own weight and things like that, that you know often people overeat. And I would be a classic example of putting my focus on the business and then say actually you're not know, really. I need to put the focus on me if I'm healthy, if I'm running properly, then I'll succeed. So actually t- changing the focus away from just one thing and on, back onto myself. Sure. So limiting beliefs in all sort of areas of life you know, it's phenomenal. There's, there's too many to uh, to go on to, but I'm happy to talk about any. Do you know,
0: I think I think that this is um, going to be phenomenal for those who expected to hear a boring number cruncher speaking about pensions and insurances yeah, and so John, on. But, but this is the important stuff, isn't it? No
1: one wants a pension. You don't want a pension. You want what a pension's going to give you. And until you realise what it is you really want, what's the point of starting a pension? Exactly. You know, it's like saying on a diet, you don't want the diet. You want to be, what? Fit and healthy, attractive to the opposite sex, more vibrant, more energy... Then you can start tailoring the type of eating style, program, diet, training program, whatever it is, to give you your outcome.
0: Now that that's been something you've been passionate about as well. Tell us about your weight loss journey because you know I've seen your pictures on social media and yeah, yeah, your smiling pictures in the gym. You've done an amazing job on that.
1: Well, it's fascinating. So um, when I when I trained in taekwondo, I was British champion as a junior, Um, and when I went up into the seniors, I quite easily got beat. You know, and I wasn't used to getting beat. So my coach at the time said to me, look, you need to get bigger. So I got into the gym, and I am quite an of, quite of addictive personality. When I find something I really like, I, I excel in it. So I actually got into bodybuilding. okay, um, And I did a lot of bodybuilding shows and things, and I really excelled and enjoyed that. And then I thought, actually, I really need to progress. I'm probably in my 19th, 20th, so I need to progress into my career. So my focus, my attention went wholeheartedly into my business. And when I put my whole heart into attention to my business, mm. I let go of my health and my, my weight went up to probably over 20, And 20 And stone.
0: when when you train with weights, it's yeah. very easy to maintain that level of eating. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because your so, body feels like it needs it. Yeah,
1: of course, and I enjoy eating, who doesn't? You know, I <laughs> like, pizza's my favourite food. Pizza and beer is a great combo for me. So, um, you know, my, my weight went up to about 20 stone, and um, I then realised that actually I needed more energy. I need more energy, and I, I basically found a fundamental, created a model, and used the strategy. So it's basically, What is it you want to achieve? I I realised I wanted more energy, I wanted more more, uh, vibrance. I needed to lose some some fat, some body fat, and I followed a strategy and just went through it that way.
0: Fantastic. Um, And and great job on it. So we're now going to bring that back to money. Yeah. Um, Presumably what the listeners have tuned in for. So... If the strategies can be applied for weight loss, if they can be applied for career success, if they can be applied in any area, then obviously it can be applied to with money. Yeah. Where, where do people go? You know, what, what do they do to start creating a strategy to improve their financial situation?
1: Okay, so for the last 24 years, I've been using the system that I, I wrote down in the money plan uh, with my clients in various forms. Um, and it's a five-step process. It's really deciding what it is you want, what's your outcome. You know. There's a massive conflict there. some people want to be the CEO of a company, they want to run their own company, want to be an entrepreneur and, and grow this business, but they also want to take their children to school, pick them up every night and be at every play rehearsal. Yeah. Okay, we've got to iron this out before you get started because it's gonna come up. Be prepared for these things. Um, and then set yourself some goals. So I talk about one year goals, three year goals, five years and 10 year vision, okay? And then a year's a long time, okay? A lot of us set you know, New Year's resolutions in January only to forget them by Valentine's yeah. Day. All right, so we need to then have check ins along the way. So, with our one year goal, we have quarterly check ins. So, every quarter, every 90 days, we literally check in with ourselves. We'll be coming up for one at the end of March. We check in with ourselves, say, Hey, are we on track for our quarterly outcomes to take us closer towards our one year goal? And it's those things that are the fundamental driving force for the financial process. Sure. So Five step process step one is know your outcome and follow that step there. Step two is about getting financially well organized. Because if you've ever gone for a run and you're running in sand and you're slipping all over the way, it's so much harder. And What we really want to do is make things easy for ourselves. Take routine thought out of everyday decision-making processes. And that's why franchising works so well, because you have a system to follow. And all this is, is a system for you to follow for financial success. Uh, in the book, I share the bank account system. Helps people automate as much of their money as they can. We get people to pay themselves a weekly wham. And that's really key because if you're on a diet, you can go without wine, chocolate, for me it's pizza and beer, for so long, but you probably can't go on to it for like 12 weeks or maybe six months. But as I have said to you, let's go without it for a week and then have some, you probably can do that. And that's why we pay you an allowance every week. So we don't get you to count your budget and stuff because nobody likes counting calories, we don't like counting our money. But if you have a weekly allowance on a Wednesday it gives you a dopamine boost, it works. Um, we got a strategy in there for pocket money and things
0: like that. And it's phenomenal, isn't it? So I'm, I'm just I'm just going to interject. I've yeah, actually yeah. Um, pulled this system and used it myself. So I use a prepaid debit card. I transfer myself an allowance. Now, one of the things that I got wrong, and one, well, I'd like you to clarify for everybody, just in case they make the same mistake as me, yeah. I decided I'd pay myself £100 a week. Yeah but it ended up being Starbucks money. Okay. Um, I was using it for coffee, but that was it. Okay. And I wasn't using this weekly allowance to, cov- to actually be enough for and to cover all of my discretionary spend. Sure. What should you include in this weekly allowance?
1: Okay, so from your... Let me go back one step to the bank account system. The bank account system has an account called the bills account. In your bills account, you have your regular committed expenditure. Anything you can pay automatically. So you this pay is payment. your direct debits? Everything. Utilities, mortgage, rent. I've just started this martial arts class. I pay monthly. It'll come out of the bills account. Sure. Then every week on a Wednesday, you pay into a separate account your weekly wham. Your weekly wham pays all of your variable expenditure. Everything. It does, if you're in a relationship, it doesn't have to be the same for both parties. It could be different. So for example, my wife does the food shopping, her weekly wham is higher than mine. She puts fuel in a car, I drive an electric car. She needs to cover that through her weekly wham. Whereas what do I do with mine? I cover my Starbucks and Costa. I love Cafe Nero. I go in there and get my coffee, it's my favorite coffee. But whatever it is, it comes out of your weekly wham. When your weekly wham is gone, hey guys, you stop spending. Now I have I share this strategy with all my clients and I have a number of clients who earn over a million pounds a year. You imagine the belief system. Let's go back to belief systems. I've got a belief system here again. They think I've gone crazy when I share my bank account system with a guy who earns a million pounds a year. No, well, I shared it with him. Nervously, I'll be honest here, I was a bit nervous. About a month or six weeks later I get a phone call from him. Hey Janot, thank you so much for sharing that with me. I've done it, I've done it now for about six weeks, and I'm so pleased I've done it because for the first time in for more years than I can remember. I've gone without something before buying it and I have really appreciated it when I bought it. Mm,
0: and that is exactly what I found. I found for myself that it it's encouraged, it encouraged um, a sense check on myself if I really wanted something. So um, you know, let, let me share with you, I bought myself a nice pair of trainers recently but I actually had to save up for them. Yeah. As ridiculous as it sounds, I felt like a I felt like a um, eighteen year old who's just started a job on minimum wage. Yeah. Um, but I had to save up for them, and I decided, right, well, you know, I'm going to allocate fifty quid per week out of my budget, yeah. and leave that and see what happens. And and first of all, it makes you appreciate the process more. It, does. Um, it teaches you the real sense of value. You know, do I really want that item? Yeah. Um, and it's it's wonderful what it does, but also. I would contend that since I've started this, now I, I haven't dived into it fully. As I said, it's my Starbucks fund rather than rather than including things like my petrol and so on. So I need to dedicate myself more to this process. Yeah. Um, but the what I've done of it so far, I've realised I'm spending less money than I was spending before, but it actually feels like I've got more money. Yeah. And it's really odd. Yeah,
1: it's a, in, One of the reasons why we do it weekly on a Wednesday and we get it all paid like this is, what I also want you to do is pay... The first working hour of a working day to yourself for yourself. Okay, so if you work an eight hour a day, that works out to be about 12.5%. So 12.5% of your income needs to come out of your bills account. So you're not gonna necessarily have lots of surplus money flushing around. That's why it's nice for you to have this allowance. And the reason you both individually have it, you and your partner, is that's where a lot of conflicts come from. Okay, so when you start arguing about money, when one of you comes and buys some bags and comes home and the other one starts arguing with it. You're not arguing about money, you're arguing about what money means to you. So let's say an example, let's say, a typical example, the wife might come back with some clothes shopping and had a really wonderful time and really enjoyed it. The husband or the partner might look and th- argue and saying, you're spending all this money, what he's really saying is, you're taking away what money means to me, which might be financial freedom. You're taking financial freedom away from me. And when the argument goes back, it's not that you resent me from spending money, it's more on the case of, Actually, you don't enjoy, allow me to have fun. You don't want me to have fun. Mm. So allowing you to have these individual accounts, these individual WAMs to spend on whatever it is you want, okay? My wife tends to spend hers on other people. Um, just gives you that freedom. and allows you have that independence of one another.
0: Fantastic. So you've set your bank account system up. Yep. You've, um, you've got your WAM. What next?
1: Okay, so uh, Pokemon money strategy is a classic one. Um, I love my children dearly, but if I gave them everything they wanted, I'd be broke. Okay. Also, I think as an individual, I have a, as a father or parent, I have a couple of rules or um, purposes for my children. One of them obviously to be raise good children, or good manners. But if I can get them to be financially responsible about money when they're older, then I've, done, I've ticked a couple of boxes there. So we pay our children, we pay them two pounds per month for each year of their age. The actual amount of money doesn't really matter if it's 50p or a pound, it doesn't really matter. We link it to their age and we link it to chores so they have jobs to do around the house. They buy their wants, we buy their needs, okay? So if they want to buy some stuff, like my son likes Xbox, my daughter, she's kind of going out of it a little bit now, I've been doing this presentation for a long time, but she used to like making slime, so when we'd get deliveries of um, Optex uh, eye solution and glue and stuff, she'd make her own slime. She would buy that with her own card on Amazon, and that would be her one. So they've got a bit of independence, a bit of freedom that they can choose what they spend this money on, so that's a great lesson to in, uh, encourage them to have responsibility, and they know when it's gone, it's
0: gone. Sure. Okay. And how how do you draw the line between wants and needs? Because um, I, uh, we, we're perhaps going off on a on a tangent here. But I know my kids. Um, I know Daisy in particular would would tell me that she absolutely needs feeler trainers. Uh, but but now actually no, that that's so last year. Sure. Now she absolutely needs Nike or Adidas or whatever. Sure. Um, she absolutely needs this latest. Um, Jojo Bell hairband, nope, it changed, it something else. Um, how do you determine need and want?
1: Yeah, I think in a relationship, no one should dictate to you how to raise your own children. I think it's up to you to decide where the boundaries lie. Do we buy our children things that they want? outside of it's money of course we do sure. parents we enjoy being parents but do we have to feel committed to doing it if we're in a, a good example is when we were, i was in um, a supermarket once doing some food shopping and isabella at that time because we've been running this for a long time ran over to the stationery aisle and picked up loads of post-it notes pads pencils color pads come back with a puppy dog and i said oh daddy can i have these <laughs> i said, like, sure you can and you can have those i know she didn't need those because she has so many at home anyway more than the stationery store i said but it's going to come out of your own pocket money it all went back by one sure. pencil. OK, so you can buy your children whatever you want. It's not for anyone to dictate that to you, but you can then control or moderate how it works. And
0: it's about that discipline, isn't it? It is, yeah. of
1: course. Yeah, absolutely. So sometimes in, in the past, actually, my, and my son's the same with trainers. He absolutely loves them. Anything that's at least £100 or more, it doesn't seem to go for the cheaper stuff. Mm. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll agree with him. We'll say, OK, well, look, we'll pay half.
0: You, they, you, you've done the same as me, then. You've tried to take them to the sale section at the course, back of a yeah, store. And, of, course, yeah. of course, of course, of course, of <laughs> course. It doesn't work, does it? No, it doesn't. It doesn't.
1: <laughs> you know, and, um, you know, yeah, we try all those sorts of things, but um, it doesn't so work so much. So that that's step two, and it sure. really covers the financial um, organisation, really. Um, and then step three uh, of the five-step process works on um, the house of wealth. And the House of Wealth was a, um, a, a, an analogy that was developed years ago when I used to do financial seminars. And it includes the financial foundations. And there are eight financial foundations, three of them that I think every single one of your listeners has to have, and five that will be optional. Okay. Okay? So the three things that everyone listening will have to have. They'll have to have some emergency cash. Some money in the bank. That's step one. Mm. Um, set it at a thousand pounds if you've got some unsecured debts, credit cards, and loans. If you haven't got any unsecured loans or credit cards and stuff, you should really be thinking between three and twelve months of your expenditure. Sure. Okay. But everyone needs at least a thousand pounds. Sure. If you haven't got a thousand pounds, play a game yourself. How quickly could you raise a thousand pounds? And when you make it fun, you're more likely to do it. Yes. Okay. Second thing that everyone needs to have is a will. If you're eighteen years or older, you need a will. If you have children and you don't have a will. I'll go to Far saying you'll be negligent if you don't have a will. That's that serious, okay? So get yourself a will sorted out and lasting power of attorneys. Lasting power of attorneys are could be described as a living will. They come into effect if you're alive but can't act on your own behalf. Um, there's loads of information about this stuff. You're know, just you know, on my website barronshute.com. Go on there. There's some key questions on there. You can download and ask them. Either do this yourself or take the solicitor or, or you know wherever. Just get it sorted. Um, they're the three essentials: emergency cash, wills, and LPAs. Five optional life cover, critical illness, disability cover, um, medical insurance, and um, general insurances. Sure. Okay, these are things that everyone really should go through the process of just considering. I do it once a year, I don't get bogged down about it. Every year I look at my different things, I see if I can get it a bit cheaper, I see if I can improve the cover, make sure it's okay. once it's done, it's done. I don't enjoy doing this stuff necessarily, but I know it's necessary to do. Yes. and, that, and that's basically step two, uh, sorry, step three of um, the process, you know, making sure you get the financial foundations all Um uh, We then come on to step four. We're passionate about, about paying debt down. So step four, we have a, spe- a specific process called the snowball system, where we get pay your credit cards and loans down as quickly as possible. Uh, we don't believe in consolidation. We like to keep them separate. There's a lot in the book about the psychology about why that is. Uh, we want you to get wins, we want you to succeed. Um, and we get you to follow the Snowball system. It's all in, its all on the website in the book. You can get it for free online and stuff, so you don't necessarily have to go and get the book. But it's a strategy that works long term. So if sure. you have a lot of debt, it's worthwhile doing. Um, and then step five, so the last step of the uh, five-step process is, is all about investing. Uh, where to invest, how to invest, which accounts are most likely to be the best. Um, and for the majority of people listening, pensions, although they might seem boring, don't need to be and they're probably going to be the best thing for it so um it, it, it's front and loaded with the psychology and getting organized um and actually what really people what most people do is just jump in with step five and just start their pensions start investing into ISAs, but it really doesn't shouldn't be that way around
0: no absolutely if you get steps one and two in place yeah. then actually the rest becomes so much easier i guess it
1: gets so much easier it kind of falls in place because you've got purpose you know step one is why am i doing it what do i want to do when do i want to retire who do i want to retire with where do i want to retire you know, asking these questions now before you get to retirement, probably a good idea. (laughs) Fantastic.
0: So Warren, listen, this has been fascinating. And it's, it's a real relief to speak to somebody financially minded. Um, but to talk about all sorts of things like NLP, hypnosis, taekwondo, um, we, you know, we've, we've covered a range of subjects and we've not once talked about things like interest rates and oh, yeah. uh, annuities and so on. Um, what I want to do now is to find out a bit more about the real Warren. So this is where we ask some rapid fire questions. Um, they are com- yeah, cool. well, they are completely unplanned, so you don't know what's going to come out. The first one's going to be this. If you were to set up a mastermind group with three other people, dead or alive, fictional or non-fictional? Who would you choose?
1: It's a great question. Great question. I would probably say, um, uh, do you know what? The, f- the first two people come to mind were Warren Buffett. Yep. Um, Tony Robbins. Sure. Um, and I need a third one in there. I would probably say, um, who's, that, who's that comedian from Not Going Out? He's a funny I guy. Don't so, I don't know. I don't watch TV. But it, it would need to be a comedian of some yes. form. You've got lighting you, it up, haven't you? You've got to line it up. <laughs> you know guys? Life is too short. Take things too seriously. So we need to have a bit of fun in there. So uh, yeah, it's... Uh... Or Jack Whitehall. He, Jack Whitehall. He, he is such a funny guy. He is, isn't He's he? He's a really funny guy. So maybe Jack Whitehall as well. We'll have him in there as well.
0: Fantastic. What is the book that you've given away to the most people? Oh, wow.
1: Given away well, I've given my own book away a lot, um, but apart from my own book, I would probably say, uh, "Think and Grow Rich" most likely. Do you
0: know you would not believe how many times that comes up? You know, it- for those who've listened to the podcast, um, okay. at the time of recording, we are probably at number thirty-ish. Um, you know, live at the moment is about thirteen, but uh, recorded about thirty-ish. I would say that "Think and Grow Rich" by Napoleon Hill has come up must be at least five or six times. It's a
1: great book. It's a great book. It's all about belief systems. You know, mm. that, that, you know, it's in the title. Think about it. Um, that or uh, *Rich Man in Babylon. Okay. Yeah. Uh,
0: which is George Clayson. Yeah. That one hasn't come up, um, but I think I mentioned it when speaking to somebody else. Fantastic well, the,
1: book. The, that's where the message about, you know, um, save 10% of your money yeah. um, comes from there.
0: And you know, a lot of this um, personal development, self-help stuff is actually, it goes back to the likes of Richest Man in Babylon, yeah. *Thinking Grow Rich and so on. Yeah. Um, it all originated decades ago sure, and it's the same message today isn't it
1: well genetically we haven't changed no we're the same individuals so the same things are going to work so um yeah absolutely it's all the same stuff
0: fantastic so what is one thing that nobody else knows about you
1: Oh wow! Um, what is the one thing nobody else knows about me? Um, well, I say few people know. Yes, about me. Okay. that's okay. Few people know about. Me. Um, I'm a huge country country fan, so I love country music. I uh, knew that though. Did you know that? I oh, did. Okay, all right. So maybe that's not such a fun thing to everyone to know. I don't know. So are, you know, I, I'm quite an open person, so I kind of tell people. But you know, country to country or country music, people don't really know so much about. Not many people know about the martial arts um, background behind me.
0: Or the topless pictures
1: topless pictures of
0: you doing a flying kick
1: oh okay <laughs> if i can
0: dig those out they okay. will be the cover for the podcast
1: <laughs> so what carl's referring to is my business card when i used to run a martial arts school so i used to run a taekwondo school and um yeah there was, complete
0: uh, with six pack yeah. for words
1: <laughs> i still have those pictures carl <laughs> so uh, yeah that would be a good one
0: <laughs> fantastic okay so if I was to ask you the one thing that you wish you could advise your younger self, what what would it be?
1: One thing I could advise my younger self? Um, do more, be braver, and don't be so scared of failing.
0: Okay.
1: Think, yeah, it's, um, yeah, do more. Do, do more. Um, <laughs> my wife would listen to this, she'd be like, you can't do any more, Warren. But no, generally, do more, just... You know, want more, you know, set your goals bigger, set them higher, set the benchmark higher. You are greater than you'll ever believe you are.
0: Fantastic, and I think on that note, we can't bet about answer, can we? Um, Warren, tell me more about where we can find out more about you.
1: Okay, yeah, sure. So, you can go to my website, warrenshute.com. That's i S H U T E. I'm on all the social media platforms Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, uh, wherever, and uh, also on my YouTube channel, which is Warren Shoot.
0: Fantastic. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, Carl. Take it.
1: Thank you for listening to The Carl Reader Show. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and tell your friends. This podcast was brought to you by our sponsor, D&T Advisory, helping you unlock the magic in your business by adding value, not numbers. Find out more at www.team-dt.com QuickBooks, helping UK small businesses stay on top of their finances.